five, four, three, two, one. If we have any goals this season? Absolutely. We're going to win a lot of games. We're going to get in the playoffs. Touchdown, Bears! The Bears are what we thought they were. Go Bears! Bears Nation. We have a young football team. We're going to figure out how to finish and how to close games. We'll have a plan for that. There's just something that, that needs to be done, something that needs to be changed, needs to be fixed. We all need to look ourselves in the mirror and figure out how, what we can do to make this team better and ultimately win ball games. I'm tired of hearing, oh, we're getting better. We're going in the right direction, but we keep losing. As players and as a team, we, we want to win. We want to figure it out. Don't lose faith, guys. I don't lose. I win. It's time for the Bears Nation podcast with your hosts, Kevin Lapka and Jake Hassan. Get ready for a lot of fun and excitement. Powered by, powered by, powered by Bet, Bet, Bet Stamp. Strap it in. I know you're going to dig this. It's Bears Nation, baby. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Welcome into Bears Nation podcast. It is Thursday, December 29th, a little bit different. Yesterday, myself and Kevin both had certain, so you know, whatever stuff going on. So we pushed it today, but we are here. I know everyone's super locked into this game that we're going to talk about anyway with the Bears and the Bills. I know everyone's super, actually probably more so than the recent weeks, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but we are here, myself, Jake Hassan, as always with Kevin Lapka. I am on Twitter at... What is my Twitter handle? Jake underscore Hassan two or Jake under H A S two. Something like Jake that. Jake underscore H A S two. Kevin is at Kev Charles one, one, two. That was weird. I blanked on my own uh, Twitter handle. That's kind of weird and embarrassing, but regardless, we are here. Bears nation podcast, another week, another episode, another preview for everyone involved. We appreciate everyone coming through and listening and watching live as well. A lot to get into today, uh, more than usual on a regular preview. The Bears seem to be close to announcing a new president slash CEO to take over Ted Phillips' role. We have, of course, the upcoming Bills and Bears game. To Nope, that happened already. Thanks for correcting me the first time, Kevin. We have the upcoming, did you say it the first time? What, I didn't even notice yes, I did. it. Yes, I did. That's what happens when you're out of here for a week. Um, we have the upcoming Lions and Bears game to talk about the Detroit Lions hosting the Bears as six-point favorites as they fight for their playoff lives, as the Bears fight for draft position, and we will talk about that game. And at the end, me and myself, me and myself, wow, I'm on a heater today. Doing really you good. Are. Doing, doing really, really well. Um, Myself and Kevin both have, I texted Kevin this morning, Ivy trade scenario that I want to throw out there. Kevin responded, I also have one. So we'll be interested to get into that. I have a feeling it's going to be similar, but it might not be. I don't know. It could be interesting. So we'll talk about that later in the show as well. But this is Bears Nation podcast. It is Thursday. We have a preview episode. I think I worked it all out of my system now. Kevin, how are we doing? Good, good. You know, it's been a week for you. Can't blame yourself. We're all on holiday break. You know, we're yeah. not in the this period between Christmas and New Year's is like the most dead. It, it's your it's your time to be kind of off your game. You know what I mean? If there were ever yeah, a time where fair. you could kind of just be, you know, off a little bit, it's this time period. And then, you know, January 1st hits and you're back at it. Uh, Yeah, we'll break this down, man. I'm doing well. Uh, I be honest I, I don't have a ton to say about this game you know we'll, we'll do our typical preview but <laughs> it's not going to be as extensive for me as other ones uh i think a lot of people as well in the chat and are listening in podcast form are are looking forward more to the talk that we're going to have about the trade scenarios and of course the possible draft positioning updates you know we didn't do the recap episode after bears bills just because it was a you know a holiday um, you know, with Christmas and, mm-hmm. you know, the Texans won. So obviously everyone knows now Bears are at two, but could get up to number one if we lose out and the Texans just win one more game virtue of their tie. So a lot to unpack as far as what's going to happen beyond 2022, but we'll still break this down. You know, there's still people who are going to throw money on this game. So we'll tell you where to put your money. Uh, we know there's a lot of things on the line, but yeah, man, let's get after it. Yeah. So, I mean, let's start uh, with the, we'll start with what's most Boring and, and boring, and it's not going to take <laughs> as much time. Um, the Bears appear now to be close to hiring a new president, CEO. Reports coming out today that Kevin Warren, who is currently the president of the Big Ten, is the leading candidate for this. I know most people are probably like, okay, great, big whoop. Um, 
But a lot of people also are like, okay, this gets Ted Phillips officially out the door. The guy who has drawn the ire and drawn really the criticism of most Bears fans, myself included, uh, myself and Kevin included, for most of our lifetime. I mean, since I was old enough to really be a cognizant sports fan and, and know, kind of understand how a sports team runs and the structure. Everyone and and their mother and their father and their sister and their brother bitches about Ted Phillips and ourselves included over the last couple of years on this show. So the end of the Ted Phillips era is coming to an end. It seems like it is imminent and it'll be announced in the next couple of days, which kind of makes sense. Something that, you know, gets the Bears in the news cycle at the end of the lost season after, you know, once the playoffs start, you're not going to be really talked about until draft season and until draft time. Uh, when you're at the top of the draft, you're at the top of the draft. So, um, Kevin, we were texting a little bit about this earlier. I don't really have a lot on this. I think it's probably mostly a net positive from an optics standpoint. Most Bears fans are going to be happy about this. Uh, but it also further puts the the wall, the divide, the line in the sand between what will be the business side and what will be the football side. Kevin Warren, in his time as the Big Ten's president, has done a great job on the business side. He secured TV deals. He's guided this merger with the Pac-12 with USC and UCLA soon to join the Big Ten uh, next season. And he's accrued to the Big Ten a lot of money over his time as the head of the Big Ten Conference. So I think this is a good move for the Bears, especially with the whole stadium thing coming up, with a huge business decision like that coming up. But I think it's more of a divide. It further shows that the Bears are committed to saying, okay, we have two separate entities here. We have one guy for the Correct. business side specifically and one and a set of guys for the football side. And sure, they'll mingle sometimes, but for the most part, there is a line in the sand. You don't cross onto my side. I don't cross onto your side. Everybody has their place, and we don't have one guy doing back and forth and going back and forth and making decisions for both sides. One guy for one side, one guy for the other side. I think it's a net positive. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, it's hard to go too deep into Kevin Warren because we don't know if that's exactly going to be the right. guy, right? Isn't it's official yet. To be. And then the Big Ten put out a statement of, well, he's committed to the Big Ten, but of course you're going to put out a statement just because, you know, you have to, but there's a very good chance he, he still could become the president and CEO of uh, Chicago Bears. And Shane M puts it in the chat. That's what, what I was going to hit on. You know, he helped build U.S. Bank Stadium with the Vikings, right? And that's And that's what presumably people believe is the main reason he would be brought in is to obviously help with Arlington Park because they did such a great job with U.S. Bank Stadium uh, in Minnesota. You know, everything around hosted a Super it. Bowl, right? <clears throat> Have they hosted yeah, one already? Hosted a, yeah, they hosted a Super Bowl a couple years ago. Yeah, I forget which game that was that they hosted. Um, I don't know if it was the Eagles year. I don't know if it was Eagles-Patriots when Nick Foles uh, made the magic. I'm not, I, I can't remember. Um, but obviously, you know, they did such a good job at that stadium. Yeah. It was, it, it was, was the Eagles Super Bowl. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, obviously they're going to bring him in because of that. But, you know, there's a lot of people who say, well, why does it doesn't matter? President CEO. Well, given what everyone knows and thought of Ted Phillips for the past, you know, X many X years, like it, it, it matters if he is going to have a say in football related things. But we, we hope here. Here's here's what I'm unsure. Right. Is when it came to Ted Phillips, I think it got to a point for the McCaskies where. The Bears weren't winning. So for Ted Phillips, it was like, okay, we're just going to remove Ted from this, right? Like Ted is going to not be involved in football situations. I don't know if that means a future president and CEO will not be involved in football relations. You know, they didn't make it clear that, hey, whoever flexes into this role after Ted Phillips will also not be affiliated and will be solely focused on business, right? It seemed more of, hey, Ted has not done a good job in that role, however it pertains to his his insider analysis on what goes on in the field, he's going to solely focus on Arlington Park. I would imagine that that's going to be the role of whoever the next president slash CEO will be. But, you know, Cody Westerland and I were talking about this in the office today. Like, what if you get a, What if you do bring in a guy, like maybe it's not Kevin Warren, who does have a little bit of football background, but I, he wasn't a former player, you know, not any of those things. What if you end up do bringing in a guy who was a former player, who was a former GM, who was a former scout, who, who former coach, who's been around the game, right? You know, people floated, Peyton Manning around, you know, for years. Like, I'm not saying they're going to bring him in, but if you do bring in a guy like that, like, it's hard to believe that that line that you just described where, hey, it's clearly divided between business and football, it might start to get blurred if you do bring in a guy who has more experience in football. And maybe that's not a bad thing, right? If it is a guy that likes a Peyton Manning, maybe that's a good thing. 
But if it's kind of a, a name who's been tossed around, who doesn't have a ton of experience, and they're getting involved, like you don't want that again. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with this. It, it just really depends on who it is. But assuming that it is Kevin Warren in that situation, I am in full agreement with you that I, I would imagine it's it's a clear divide. He's just going to be here for Arlington Park, and then he'll go on to his future uh, endeavors. Because at, at this point, it's all but a done deal that they're moving to Arlington Heights. So right. um, that would be it. Yeah, and that's really all I have on that because, I mean, it's all we know. What else is there I mean, to say? It, yeah. there, you're right, exactly. And just to wrap up that point of, you know, what if that line starts to become blurred and what exactly is the role, I imagine that'll be announced with the opening press conference of whoever it is, whether that be a Kevin Warren, whether that be someone else, I imagine that that role will then be, you know, the the specifics will be disclosed then at like that opening press conference because we know there will be one. And the introductory press conference, I'm sure that role will be specified then and what exactly the responsibilities are. So, Oops. yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm well, Whatever it is, what it is, it's whatever. If it is Kevin Warren, it's, you know, it's mostly for the stadium. And I think it's mostly shows that there's a clear line in the sand there, as we mentioned. Um, all right. Let's talk about draft position. Let's talk about the 2023 Bears. I mean, the Texans. I don't know what's going on. The Texans could really be on a three-game win streak right now, and the Bears could already have had the the number one pick yeah. locked up. They, I mean, the Texans, to their credit, have been playing really well the last three weeks, including their win last week over Detroit. They almost beat Texas. They hung with them for most of the, uh, of the game. They took Kansas City to overtime. Like, <laughs> I mean, the Texans could have four wins right now, which would have been insane. But, you know... You're right there now. If the Texans win one more game and you lose out like we think that you're going to, you know, you get the number one pick because the Texans have that tie from earlier in the year. And I'm going to tell you right now, Kevin, the Texans play the Colts in Indianapolis to close the season. In a lost season for Indianapolis with Jeff Saturday as the coach, with Mm. Nick Foles probably as the starting quarterback, and and Lovey Smith, is a very we saw this with the Bears, we saw this at Illinois, and we've seen it with the Texans. He's gonna have the guys ready to play. He's gonna play to win every time. He's not gonna go out yep. there and be like, all right, last game of the season, let's pack it up. That's not who he is. Now the Colts, you know, that phone in Jeff Saturday's office might be ringing. Hello, hey Jeff, it's Jim <sighs> upstairs. You know, we've met a couple times. We need to lose this game to lock up the fourth or fifth pick or whatever it may be at this point. And it's clear that the Texans are a poorly run organization and that they Correct. will win a football game. From top to bottom, the Texans are a poorly run organization. That has been true for years. They might win that game in Indianapolis. They might win that game in Indianapolis. And then you might be looking at Chicago Bears 2023 number one overall pick, which would be crazy. And I'm going to say something a little insane. I actually think okay. it would be to the Bears' detriment to get the number one pick instead of the number two pick. And I will tell you why right now. Because if the Texans pick number one overall, they're taking Bryce Young. Like that, that's that's the thing. That's it. That, like we we know that. We've been known that. If the Bears pick number one overall, everyone knows they're not taking a quarterback. Everyone knows then that the draft doesn't really start till two. It pushes everything back. Now, if the Bears are at two and Bryce Young's already off the board. That leaves two quarterbacks, which we discussed in a previous episode. That leaves two quarterbacks worth taking in the top 10. If you, depending on who you listen to and what order, it doesn't matter. But that leaves you then in a position for teams like the Colts, teams like the Seahawks, teams like the Lions, even teams like the Saints to go, oh shit, there's only two guys left here. And we don't want to be the one left behind if we like one guy way more than the other, or we we don't want to end up without one of these guys. Whereas if you're a number one, teams don't have to worry about it. Teams know you're not taking a quarterback. Now, that might mean one of these teams is like, well, we really, really like Bryce Young. And we know the Texans are for sure going to take him at two. And we really, really love him more than we love Stroud. We really love him more than we love Levis. So... They might be – then you're in the same position. You command a king's ransom. But I'm just saying there's an argument, and this might just be me trying to create content out of nothing, but it's something that I feel like is a fair argument where – and if you're a number two, you might get a desperate team 
that's willing to throw even more at you for Stroud or Levis than at number one for Young. Maybe, I see. Possibly. I see. I see what you mean. But at the same time, you know, the luxury of getting one is well. Now you get a team that evaluates Bryce Young in a totally different tier as CJ Stroud and Will Levis, and are willing to pay you more to jump Houston to get Bryce Young. And sure. now, f- personally, I don't even think the gap is that significant as in previous drafts. Like, if you think about previous drafts where, you know, say Trevor Lawrence, right, in 2021, you know, I, I think the gap between Fields and Lawrence at the time was way closer than people made it out to be, obviously, considering how far Fields fell. But everyone knew that Field, that, that Lawrence was pretty much the consensus number one, right? He, he was sort of in a league of his own among most NFL well, scouts. I remember when the Jets won that game Correct. In, in that season and everyone clawed them. Like, you just played yourself out of Trevor Lawrence, you doofuses. Right. See, now I don't think that you're going to get a situation. I mean, in hindsight, it may be true, but I don't think right now you're going to get a situation where later on people are going to be saying, if the Texans do in a game, oh my God, you potentially played your way out of Bryce Young, right? Like it doesn't feel the same for me. That gap isn't big enough. So for that reason, yeah, you might be right because maybe no team is really willing to say, hey, I'm going to trade you an unprecedented amount of draft picks for the number one overall pick because this is extremely rare territory. I mean, how often do you see a team get the number one overall draft pick that already has their court, their starting star quarterback lockdown? Like, this is a rarity. Even most teams that don't take a quarterback at number one overall, they end up taking an edge rusher or whatever, typically don't have a star quarterback. They have a quarterback they think can maybe win them a couple games and they're in, you know, year two of a rebuild out of year three. Uh, they just weren't willing to take a, a quarterback. It's extremely rare for a team to be at number one, to not take a quarterback and not take a guy, you know, uh, the caliber um, of any of these guys. So I think you could get an unprecedented haul for number one overall. But again, the question becomes, who is willing to give you that haul? Because if you are asking for that, and it is a standard now that, hey, you should be getting a record-breaking deal here for number one overall, number one overall, I don't think there's a team out there, whether it's, you know, Indianapolis or a team behind the Texans who needs a quarterback, you know, the Raiders, who are willing to give you that much to get Bryce Young. Again, if it was a consensus number one guy who's been the number one guy for a year, there's no switching, there's no changing. This is the guy he's going to for sure be a lock to be a generational superstar. If that were the case, then yeah. So as I kind of talk myself through this, I might be kind of on your side because once Bryce Young goes, then it's like, okay, now there's a sense of urgency for those teams behind you. And with the news about Derek Carr, it becomes more significant because that is immediately a team that needs to move up for a quarterback and they're further down the draft order. So they can get, they're going to have to give you well, a little all, bit more. We're all in agreement, right? Derek, Derek Carr is done in Vegas. We're He's all done in, in Vegas. On that. Yeah. He's like that's done. no question. It's, it's over. It's over. And it segues into something else that I want to talk about later, but Look, I, I, you can't go wrong with either, but I will agree with you in the general sense that people shouldn't be making as big of a deal about getting number one as they are, as it pertains to what the Bears can do. Because if you're going into that thinking, oh, you're going to just draft a guy, you're going to, if you're at one or two, you're going to get, you take your pick, Will Anderson or uh, Jalen Carter, you're going to get either of them regardless, whether you're at one or two. So the people who want to get to one is for the sole reason of being able to trade back. And at that point, I just, I don't know. CNI plus shout out to you in the chat. Appreciate you hopping in here. But uh, that's where I'm kind of at with that one right now. So, yeah. You know. So in a situation like that, you talk about, uh, there's one team that kind of sticks out and it'll be Seattle because Seattle gets Denver's pick. And right now Denver's slated to have number three overall. And Seattle themselves are on a three game losing streak. They, so they could jump Bryce Young. They could, they could get into the top 10 on their own. But right now they're at 12. If, Seattle, if that phone rings and Seattle offers you those two first-round picks, and let's say, let's say you're at number one. You're at number one, and Seattle loves Bryce Young. And they want to get ahead of Houston. They said, you know what? We, we, we really love Bryce Young more than we love Stroud. If that phone rings and you're Ryan Poles, and it's, you know, it's the Seattle Seahawks, Hey, right. Ryan, you know, we'll give you the third overall pick. And let's just say they stay where they are now. And the 12th, 12th. overall pick. And we'll give you a third rounder this year and a second rounder next year. You do it. So you get three, 12, a third rounder next year and a second rounder next year? A second rounder this year. No. A second rounder third, this year. A third rounder this year, a second rounder next year. 
Yeah, I think you do it. I mean, I, I, I think you have to do that. That ensures that ensures that you get Jalen Carter or Will Anderson at three because if the Seattle were moving up, they would be doing it to get Bryce Young and Houston would subsequently take CJ Stroud or Will Levis, you imagine. For right. some reason, I have a strong feeling the stock for Will Levis is going to go up. It is very reminiscent of Jack, Zach Wilson in 2021. Very reminiscent. You're seeing all the videos of him throwing yeah. not in games, th- you know, pro day throws, all these things like that, right? Um, and then you can get 10, and then you could get a, probably a wide receiver if you're taking. I'm not sure a wide receiver will go before pick 10. I am not sure that the gap between yeah. any of those wide receivers is significant enough for a team to w- be willing to pull the trigger before pick 10. So, you do that, you're set, man. So yes, you have to take that. You absolutely have to take that. But it'll be interesting to see uh, if that plays out. What's up, Charlotte J? Part of the 670 Mob up here, uh, Bears Energy Podcast. But, you know, I, I can we just get into the trade? I, I, I think we have to get into the trade conversation real quick as we're doing this because mine I, I, is directly correlated say, to th- this. Th- this. This is a good segue. And also, just real quick, because, and this is the base, basis of this whole argument. The Trey Lance trade for the 49ers to move up to number three overall, it's like Trey Lance in that draft. The price tag for that was first round pick in 2022 and 2023 and a third rounder in the same draft in 2022. So that was two picks in that draft and a future first rounder. So really, if you're the Seahawks and you're the Bears, that evaluation isn't too far off. for num- And that was for number three. This is for number one overall, the first shot. So really, not you know three and 12 and a second rounder next year and a third rounder this year, that's oh not God. crazy. Like it would set a new standard going forward in the NFL as far as trading for draft picks in the future, but well, I don't I think don't that's know, because insane. it's a. Well, it, well, it's again, it's this peculiar situation because you're trading for a second pick in the same draft, right? Like typically, sure. it's, hey, we'll get number three, and then hey, you take our first rounder well, in 2024. But, I, but right, sure, and, and that changes things. That I mean, obviously, that and my, that might bring the price down. Maybe then it's just the two first round picks this year and a third rounder next year. Maybe, you know, obviously we're not NFL GMs. Right. We don't know how this will work. We're just trying to have fun with it here. So that was my, my first one. Um, so we we're both the next trade that we're both going to talk about is with the Raiders, right? I think is where we're going with yep. this. Was this and the it, one you texted me this morning about? Yes. All right, okay. Go so, for it. Let's okay. So are we, so we're both, so we're both trying to think of scenarios in which the bears get a right. first round pick this year in Devonte Adams, right? Yeah, That's where correct. we're at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where we're at. I have the favorite the same exact I, thing. I was so excited because it I, hit my brain. I was like, oh, Kevin's gonna love this, which is apparently true because he came up with it by himself without us talking about it anyway. Yeah. So I mean, I guess that's I guess that's how you know we are, we're actually friends in real life, too, because that's just <laughs> how it is. So all right. So I'll go first and you tell me if you think I'm crazy, and then you hit me yeah. with what you were thinking. So Raiders, as we said, they are just in a free fall. They are basically out of the playoffs now. They're currently slated for the ninth overall pick. They are tied with Carolina at six and nine overall. Nice. So Carolina's fighting for a division two. They might get another win and Vegas might lose out. So let's see. Vegas is schedule going forward is they have the Niners this week. That's a loss. And the Chiefs then the following. Oh. So the Raiders, the, the Raiders are going to finish six and 11. So the Raiders are going to finish 6-11, and 11, and Carolina has Tampa Bay, and they have someone else after they have one more, and then the Saints. So Panthers could get one split. more. So they probably split, and the Raiders probably lose out. So Vegas is probably going to be at 8. So let's, let's do this both ways. So let's say the Bears are at 1. Vegas calls. They say, you have a shit ton of cap room. You, you're looking to get out of number one because you don't need a quarterback. We're trying to hit a huge reset and just start from scratch. We're done with Derek Carr. Jarrett Stidham obviously is not going to be anything. We really want number one. We'll give you Devontae Adams and the eighth overall pick. And, I mean, is that it? I was thinking – I was along the lines that you get a pick next year as yeah, well, too. To. I mean, I, now I was thinking third rounder, but I could be convinced that it would be a second rounder. In 2024. Yes. Your thoughts. That is, yes. That, that's exactly what I wrote down. 100% exactly what I wrote down. <laughs> now, again, I didn't know at the time when I wrote this down that they had the Chiefs and uh, you said the Niners it was, right? Their final two games. So Niners that, this that, week. It, that, it all but guarantees that they're going to be 6 and 11, right? It all but guarantees that. So here's where, so we talked about, well, 
is the difference between one and two that significant? Well, that's where it is. Because if you sure. talk about collecting more assets, you think Las Vegas is going into it saying, you know, they might have their guy right now on their board. And if their guy is Bryce Young, then and he and when the Bears don't get one and the Texans take him. Stroud. Well, I don't think it's going look, I don't I, I don't think it is, but I I, I mean it could sure. be either. Sure, if it is. But I'm saying, like, in, in most scenarios, Young is the consensus number one. So if sure. that is the case, then you might see them say, hey, okay, the Texans took, you know, Bryce Young. We're not willing to pay that much to move up to two, but we will pay that much and give away Devonta Adams to move up to one. And the thing is, people don't, I think people do understand this. Devonta Adams wants out. Like, he hasn't officially said it. And Connor, who's in the chat now, my guy who's, we're talking about today in the Twitch chat, like, he went to Las Vegas solely for Derek Carr, former college teammates, right? Yeah. You know, he wanted he His obviously didn't have a great yeah, he didn't have a great relationship with Aaron Rodgers, just no, wanted to have a fun a, time. Had a near-death experience together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like these guys are tight. He wanted to go play with his brother. He's getting older. Derek Carr is getting older. They wanted to do it. Oh. And now that that is over and Derek Carr is no longer going to be the quarterback, there is no way. There is absolutely no way that uh, that Devonta Adams wants to be in Vegas, and he is going to demand a trade. And sure, if like Vegas can sit back and say, hey, it would be great to give our young quarterback, you know, Devontae Adams and, and and give him a resource. But it doesn't make any sense for the path that they're going at. Devontae Adams is 30 years old. Right. And if you're the Las Vegas Raiders, you get a young quarterback. You're probably two to three years before even able to be in contention. And at yep. that point, you're wasting two to three years of Devontae Adams. So yep. for both sides, it doesn't make sense. Like, why would you want to keep him on the books? Why would you keep Devontae Adams on the books for two years when you're not going to be in contention? It makes sense for both sides to trade him. And I think he's going to demand a trade. And if I'm being honest, like, to Chicago is one of the most logical destinations. You start next, you're, you're trading him to a team that's right at the beginning of a, of a Super Bowl window or a playoff window, whatever you want to call it. Cody Westland was yelling at me about that. Super Bowl window, playoff window, I don't care, right? You can trade. Uh, you can I, I'm trade firmly draft. playoff window. Okay, I won't sure. Super Bowl You've window. been saying it for five weeks, but now you want to switch up and make me look bad? Sure. No, no, no. I, I, I won't say Super Bowl window for sure. I will say, I mean, Devontae Adams would make it a Super Bowl window, but playoff window okay. optimistically next year. Correct. So, look, it, it makes too much sense. If he still hates Green Bay, this is a chance to stick it to him by playing for, for their rival. Uh, you know, I don't know if he wants to go back to cold weather. You know, who knows if those things are in, fa- are in play. I have well, to take a look at this contract st- You might well. have an indoor stadium. You might. Well, not by that point. I mean, it, it's going to be 2026 before that happens. And, it, he, you know, by, by that point, he would be, you know, 34. T3P podcast. I, I, I forgot about this, right, in, in the chat. Don't forget the Getsy to Adams connection. Another reason. Right. And, and, you know, Adams has been thriving in Vegas. It's yep. not like Getsy was the key to his career. You know what I mean? Uh, but you know, the thing <laughs> is mean, that Getsy he's only did with leading him, the league and receiving touchdowns and almost yards. So, yeah, he, he's doing all yeah. right. I, he's doing just fine without who gets. He's but, doing OK. And, and so, OK, so as we do this, l- l- let me let me pitch you this. Right. So so he isn't the only okay. one. OK, last year, A.J. Brown traded, Tyreek Hill traded, uh, Devontae Adams traded, Amari Cooper traded, Marquise Brown traded. Like there were. Five guys traded last year, like five significant names. Like to people you, who think that this is a crazy concept, did you just this include Amari Cooper in that conversation? Yeah, you got to include Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper's cooked. Oh, he is not cooked. He's been doing just fine this year. He's been doing just fine. And, and for the value that they got him at fifth rounder right, or two okay, fifths, fine, fine. You got to include him. Um, but I'll throw some names out to you, okay? And you're going to tell me if these names for you are viable as well for players that the Bears could possibly trade for if in uh, in the event it's not Devontae Adams or in the event that Ryan Poles isn't willing to trade that many assets just for a guy who's 30 years old, right? He's he's very set on getting young players into this building, building it through the younger guys, right? Building through the draft, all, the, all these sort of things, sure. But at some point, y- you might have to do it. So here's three other names, okay? T. Higgins, right? You know, we, we've been talking about that for weeks. Are you? In, would you be interested in T. Higgins for the right I price? Want, I would one hundred percent be interested in T. Higgins. 1, okay, so T. Higgins, percent. a name that we will uh, that we will keep our eye on. Now, we have, now doing this. to be clear, though, I would not give up the second overall pick for T. Higgins. Correct, and that's where things get interesting. Is what would you trade for T. Higgins? Do the are the Bengals going to ask for a first rounder? Because quite frankly, he like Marquise Hollywood Brown was traded for a first rounder. So if you're right. taking previous acquisitions and using that value, then yeah, the Bengals might sit there and say, "Hey, T. Higgins, three thousand career receiving yards, you know, thousand yards this year already, seven touchdowns. Hell yeah, we want a first round pick." 
The Bears and can't get with, that. And he's missed a ton of games, too. Like, he's missed a few games. Not a He's ton, missed a few, a few. games. <laughs> a Bears like don't two. need Adams. They got Bayless Jones Jr. What are we even talking about here? Vomit. Literally. <laughs> um, okay, so T. Higgins ran on. DeAndre Hopkins. What's your interest level in uh, 30-year-old DeAndre Hopkins? 31. Probably less than both Higgins and Adams. Sure. Now, I think that if I think the most out of those three guys, Hopkins' price would be the lowest. Like Hopkins might not even cost you a first round pick. He won't. One hundred percent won't. In my opinion. Now, now in that case, I'd be interested. Like if you told me DeAndre Hopkins, like uh, took a second rounder this year, like your other second rounder this year, and then you're out of the second round, which kind of sucked, but in like, or, or like a third rounder and a real low pick next year, I would probably do that. I don't even know if he goes for that much. I mean, look, I think, the way I he, think reputation alone would, would at least get him a third. Yeah. Round. And the least. way he's been playing this year, he's been balling this year, you know, at, at least when Kyler was in there and, and Colt right. McCoy, not, you know, struggling with Trace McSorley, but you know, Trace McSorley. Okay, so it's a name to keep an eye on, right? You know, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. It's not a team that's in a rebuild. They have a quarterback, but they they traded for Marquise Hollywood Brown. They have Rondale Moore. They have Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson might be done with them this year. I don't know what his contract looks like, right? They might say, "Hey, we don't need him. We we are willing to give him away and and get more." Right? Like that's a possibility. Is it the most? Is it the most realistic of the three or four that I'm about to list here? No. Last one. A team that I believe is going to get rid of their quarterback at the end of the year. A guy who is only 29. I could have sworn this guy was older. Um, Mike Evans. Mike Evans. He's only 29. And I think that's a guy out of the out of the four guys. Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans, T. Higgins. You could probably get the best value for him as far as your return or what you'd be giving away. I don't think you'd have to give away a second for him. You know, teams might be looking at him like, hey, he's washed. He had a down year. It's like in fantasy football when you uh, when you sell low, right? Like, um, sure. you know, this is your chance. Or buy low. Sorry, buy low. You're be buying low on Mike Evans because recency bias is a thing. You can sit in that in that conference room and say, hey, you know, this is a guy who hasn't put up 1,000 yards this year. He's really struggling, and he's got the goat as his quarterback. What's the excuse, right? So that's a name to keep an eye on. Are you interested in Mike Evans? I'm interested – it would depend on the price, like all of these. I think he would cost more than Hopkins, but less than Higgins. Obviously less than Adams. It also, so like, I want to mention something real quick. The last two names you mentioned, Evans and Hopkins. What's interesting about those two is that they come from like situations that are up in the air. Tom Brady might retire again. Tom Brady might try to go to Vegas. Tom Brady might try to go to San Francisco. The Buccaneers might be hitting a reset and they might be trying to be like, all right, well, we're going to sign Baker next year and see what happens. And, you know, maybe we're not going to try and get rid of anyone or we're going to try and get rid of everyone. Cardinals, they're probably going to fire Cliff Kingsbury at the end of this year. You think so? Probably. Have you seen how last year ended and how this year has gone? It's been brutal even before Kyler got hurt. So... That kind of is like, how do those teams value those guys? Do they want them to stick around long-term for these transition periods? That is kind of like, the Bengals know T. Higgins is a good player. That That's really just out of like a surplus of other wide receivers and the knowledge that they have to pay Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow at some point, that that's why it's even available. And T. Higgins is a free agent soon. And they know they can't pay all of those guys. Um, and then Devontae Adams. Like, there's a chance Devontae Adams just stays in Vegas and Tom Brady goes to Vegas. There's a chance that happens. Like, there's a non-zero chance that they say, all right, let's try to get a veteran stopgap, and if McDaniels has even 1% more brain power next year, we're an 11 win team. I completely forgot about that connection, too, McDaniels yeah. and Brady. So, that like, there's a lot of different factors. I think out of all of those guys, Mike Evans is probably going to be the most available because I think there's a real chance that Brady bolts and the Bucks are forced into this kind of weird transition period, and they might try to recoup some of the assets that they've lost over the last couple of years trying to win a Super Bowl. Um, but the only guy that would be worth the second overall pick, I think would be Adams. And you would still have to get a haul back. You would still, like we said, you would still have to get maybe another first rounder, definitely a second rounder and definitely some other mid round pick three to five, somewhere in that range. So I would say the likelihood based on 
team like Bears own team need, age of player, availability, situation they're coming from. I would say this is the likelihood right now of these players happening. Higgins is the most likely to leave his current situation. Then it's probably Evans tied with Hopkins, like by a like separated by a hair. And then Adams. Like, I, I still think that the Raiders are going to try and piece this together next year, whether that be with like a Jimmy G or with a Tom Brady or with, you know, probably one of those two guys, but then lower down the rung, maybe like a Baker, God help them. Or oh God, who knows. No. But, you know, with Jimmy G and Tom Brady being the top two guys there. And then going from there, I think like, unless Devontae Adams says, get me the hell out of here, I think he's not super likely to move. So, I'd be interested in Mike Evans. I'd be most interested in T Higgins. Like if you got to give up next year's first rounder and maybe something from this draft to get T Higgins, I would probably be interested in that. It was like, you'd have to ask me how I felt at the time. Like right now, of course it's easy to say that. And we could have these dreams of Justin Fields and T Higgins. And that puts you in, you know, opens the playoff window wide open next year. Right. When Darnell Mooney comes back, when Chase Claypool takes stuff forward, hopefully Cole Komet takes it. You know how it goes, blah, blah, blah. But it's just, I think that that is the most likely one. Obviously, we've been talking about Devontae Adams for, you know, 10 minutes here. It's, I'll admit, I don't think it's likely. I think it's kind of a pipe dream right now. But with everything, I mean, the Philly, the the Phillies, the Eagles probably thought the same thing about A.J. Brown. They identified a guy they wanted, though, and they said, this is something we can make happen. And they waited for their moment. The Bears might feel that way about Mike Evans or about Devontae Adams and say, all right, now we just got to wait. We just got to wait till drafted. And then once more dominoes fall with free agency and other things, then we'll make it happen. That's totally possible. I don't know. And it could, more riffs could open up. I mean, if Tom Brady leaves, Mike Evans might say, get me the hell out of here. You know? Or, like, I don't think T. Higgins is going to demand a trade. I think, like I said, the Bengals are actively looking because they know what their situation is and they're aware of it. But it's still – and now I'm just ranting about wide receivers now. I've no, I get it. But that's just like – the nice thing is, though – what we've done here, and real quick, I'll just go through like matter of desirability as a Bears fan and what you like, who I would want the most. Obviously, Devontae Adams with a bullet, 100%. and then T. Higgins, Mike Evans, and then like a separation, and then DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but that's just like my like you know own dream board. But you know that's different from the availability board too. So the nice thing is though, there are options, and like there are de- there are avenues for you to get Justin Fields, that number one receiver. And let's not forget. Odell Beckham Jr. now is going to do a whole nother tour in free agency of everybody now, of everybody who wants to come calling because he's not going to play this year. So now he's just saying, you know what? I may have been a little hasty trying to just go to the Bills or the Rams or the Cowboys. And the Bears are going to be able to throw the bag at him. Now, are they, should they, of course, be throwing that at Orlando Brown more than anybody else? And other, you know, I forget who the other elite tackle who's going to be available in free agency is, but should they be throwing money at those guys first and foremost? Yes, of course. But in the matter that things maybe don't go your way or you don't get the, one of these top tier tackles, you have options. And not just in the trade market, but, you know, in free agency as well, in a, in a tiny, tiny, tiny free agent pool of guys that are going to be worth signing, granted. But oh. so, all right. I digress. Well, here, here's where that worries me, real quick, quick. Because I fear I may have upset the comment section. <laughs> no, you didn't upset. They're 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 pretty much in agreement with you. But here's what you the last thing you said. Here's where I'm worried. Right? Is we everyone knows the GMs know the league knows that this is one of the weaker free agent wide receiver pools in history since I've been alive. Right? Since I've really been following it, you know. And th- the people who have the assets like Devontae Adams and the Raiders and the Bengals, T Higgins and the Buccaneers. They can leverage that in negotiations and say, hey, you have to overpay for these guys because we know this is your only option if you're looking for a wide receiver one, right? We we know that you're probably not going to take Jackson Smith and Jigba at two, obviously not. And if you don't make a draft day trade, and if, you know, they they can use that as leverage. They can use that as leverage and say, hey, you, you're not making Alan Zard your wide receiver one. You're not making Jacoby Myers your, your wide receiver one. So we go into the negotiation room and say, oh, you the Raiders are sitting there say, hey, you got to pay us more than what you're thinking because we know this is your only answer. You're not going into 2023 with Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney. No effing shot. And if these a lot of the times these trades happen after the draft. So if you get into a scenario where post draft, you know this has been a, this has been on the Bears' radar for months. They go into the draft. It doesn't shake out the way they don't get a Jackson Smith and Jacob, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnson. They miss out on wide receiver. Then, especially at that point, these teams can say, 
You didn't get any of those guys. You're going to stick with Mooney and Claypool and Velas? Are you kidding me? And now you want to have Mike Evans? Well, guess what? You got to pay more than what you even thought you were because that's you don't true. have a choice. So that's where I get a little bit worried about the weakness of this free agent class. And, you know, I, I, I pray to God that they don't sign any of the guys. I mean, maybe they'll probably sign a fringe guy for a, a one-year deal, $3 million, you know, something yeah. like that. Um, Dante Pettis comes back or Dante, something. Yeah, exactly. Or no, I hope it doesn't come back. But, you He's know, a guy that, if, you're, uh, if you're signing him to be your four or five, then that's fine. Uh, like, what he brings you on part returns alone fine. is, like, kind of worth it. Like, if you give him a uh, one-year, $1 million contract, that's fine. Yeah, and and look, here's here's the other thing too about this. Before we you know segue into into something else, I, I part of me does believe that pace might pace. Fuck pace. me! Oh man. no! Oh, it's it's, no, been, it's been twelve months, and I'm still <laughs> doing it. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> holes. That, that was it, really it, funny. It, it sort of worries me that he already did the trade for a wide receiver. And thus far, it you know hasn't worked out. But I don't even think it matters about whether it worked out or, or hasn't. He's all, he might be sitting there saying, "Hey, I already made my move with draft capital. I already gave up assets to get a wide receiver. Like that's what I've done. Like I'm not doing it again, right?" He might sit there and say, "I'm not doing it again," which I think is the wrong way to think, right? You have to go all out to make this team better. And Chase Claypool is, it was a risk in comparison to Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, T. Higgins, guys who are you know solidified great wide receivers, right? Claypool, you know, he's good. His potential to be you know, a thousand yard receiver, but he doesn't have the same track record as those guys do. So he might sit there and say, I already did this. I gave up the assets for a wide receiver. I'm not doing it again. Right. Because we've already seen based off of his moves thus far, he's not going to be as willing to trade picks as Ryan Pace was. He wants to save these picks. He wants to accumulate picks and bring in younger players, make this younger team so that, which isn't the wrong way to think, but at a certain point, when the wide receiver room has been as bad as it has, like you can still have this general ideology of we are going to build through young players, and then you can throw a, an older guy in there. You can you you can throw a thirty year old in there. Like that's fine if the rest of your team is to uh, is young enough. And Connor just put this in the chat, and you have Justin Fields, right? Like all of these guys are going to want to be Chicago Bears because of Fields. In, in the past, no one wants to play with Mitch. No one wants to play with Jay. You know, Brandon Marshall <laughs> did, but. Now you have a guy as young and electric as Fields who can throw the deep ball well, who can be a great asset for any person who's coming here. Big market Chicago. Like, they're going to be top of the list for all of these guys for the next. So all I'm saying here is get ready, Chicago Bears fans, because there's going to be a whole lot of tweets and a whole lot of rumors. You know, rumor, Bears connected to X player. Rumor, source, Bears Bears in on Mike Evans. Like, that's how it's going to be up until the draft. So, uh, you know, and go celebrate says, I think they will be fine with Claypool Mooney and a draft pick or a free agent like Lazardo Myers. I disagree, man. I, I, I like they might be fine, but that's not how you elevate this team to be Super Bowl caliber, which, which is obviously possible in 2024 and 2025. And, you know, for, if you're calling me crazy, go look at the Miami Dolphins, go look at the Philadelphia Eagles. We've done this time and time again. You can see it. You can see it. You give these guys a solidified number one, even for guys who aren't as talented as Justin Fields, and all of a sudden they're looking like MVP candidates, right? Give Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, MVP candidate. It, it, that's just what you have to do. That is just what you have to do. So they got to find a way to do it. Well, I, I mean, to the point about Justin Fields, we got people in the chats. I mean, one throw from last week, we got people saying Velas Jones Jr. is going to be a star now. One, one throw. I that, think they're joking. These, they're, these are mob guys who are joking. Know, who, who, are, know, who are joking on Well, hey, I question for you, and let's segue into the Lions game, right? Bears Lions. We we're 42 minutes into the episode, and we haven't talked about this game, which I think most Honestly, of probably our listeners are probably happy about. <laughs> that's probably um, a good thing. Is any of what happened last week, and by what happened, I mean one reception by Velas Joey Jr. for, or he might have had another one, but obviously we're thinking of the deep ball, beautiful dime ball. Does that sort of put any momentum towards Velas, at least just getting on the field more and seeing more opportunities? I think it gives more, I mean, out of necessity, he's going to be on the field just because, I mean, everybody's hurt. <laughs> like that, that's going to be it, like on its own. But, I think so. I mean, that was more last week was more about the throw. I feel like, I mean, Justin Fields put it where only Bayless Jones Jr. was going to be able to get it, which obviously is huge. But, you know, I think he will be on the field. He did show, I mean, that 
not to take all credit away from Velas Jones Jr., you know, it did showcase his speed. It did showcase his big play, his big play, playmaking ability, and his, you know, kind of ability to break a game in a way. So I do think so. As long as he can hang on to the football, I think the opportunities will start to come more for him. And I mean, you're at the last two games of a season and a lost season. We've been saying it for weeks. At some point, you got to see what the kid has. So, yeah, I mean, screw you know what this it. Reminds me of, Jake? You know what this reminds me of? Uh, God, 20, what was it? 2019, uh, week 17. Let's give Riley Ridley a chance. And uh, this this reeks that, of Riley Ridley. I stand <laughs> by that because that guy couldn't even get on the field. Like, at least Vales oh. Jones Jr. can get on the damn field. Like, yeah, I'll well, give him that, sort of, but holy sort of. hell. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, at least that's good news. He's ahead of Riley Ridley, at least, in being active on game days. Yeah, and here's one thing Charlie Chase says real quick, too. You know, I just know the Bears have two seasons to build around JF1. They need to hit on a lot of these. Like, again, the the luxury of trading for DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans, Devontae Adams is you 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 minimize all risk. Like, all risk is out the window. Like, I don't care if you think Jack Smith and Jigba is the best wide receiver in the draft or if you think the same about Jordan Addison and Quentin Johnson. It is a risk because they're being drafted. They have no track record. Injuries can happen, right? Every draft pick is a risk, every single one. And as you go further down the draft, the risk becomes greater. If you want to eliminate all risk, because polls, maybe polls is conscious enough to know, hey, I'm not good at drafting, or through one draft, I'm not good at drafting offensive skill players. I, I drafted Vela Stone Jr. He's been a bust, and I drafted uh, Tristan Ebony. He's been a bust. Maybe I try to say, hey, let's eliminate risk and just trade for a guy and get a guy who we know is good. And I think that's what he kind of tried to do with Chase Claypool, which is, again, I don't know if he'll try to do it again. Uh, But Bears-Lions, you know, boy, am I happy that this game is at least in a dome because Justin Fields sometimes looks like a different player in a dome. He surely will look faster than he did last week because the cold just... It it just stiffens your legs. You just can't run the same. And and I, I Vegas isn't a bus. Somebody put it in the chat, but he's not a bus. But he hasn't lived up to you know what he should have been because at that time that pick was very significant. You had plans that hey, this is going to be your wide receiver too. That was that was the plan. So uh, anyway, Bears Lions. What is your initial read on this? Um, I think that this is going to be a shootout again. Like I think it's going to be a, a stupid game. Uh, again, you know, the Lions indoors, ideal conditions, obviously. And, you know, the Bears now who have been struggling offensively for the last couple of weeks now go indoors against a team that they're familiar with. And you go from there. Um, but I, I think this is going to be a good game for Justin Fields. I mean, look what Carolina just did. Carolina just ran all over Detroit with Chuba Hubbard. Let's say that again. Hubbard ran all made fools of them. Not only him, Deontay Foreman did too. And Deontay Foreman is a good player. I won't clown him that much, but like they had two guys on the Carolina Panthers run a rough shot over them. I'm gonna talk like your parents, rough shot over them. Like it's it's stupid. The Bears should be able to run up and down the field. Justin Fields should have easily over 100 yards rushing. Obviously, we would like to see him pass a little bit more. We still want to see him progress as a passer and that's the huge thing and i don't want to keep having these arguments of oh well, he's a running back <laughs> shut up go touch grass open your eyes you moron but you know it's just i actually won one of those arguments yesterday with somebody where i was hey, like boy. did you see the throw to Velas jones jr like if you, yeah it's not every game but at least once a game usually there is a throw where you're like that's that's it like that's that giddy up kramer gift but like it's just, I would like to see like the Packers game obviously was such a step in the right direction because he did it for a full game and it was awesome, but like you got to keep doing it for obvious purposes. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think this is, could be a good game offensively. Um, obviously now selfishly, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm hoping they lose, you know, I, I, I want to be at one or two in the draft, you know, like that's, I think we all want that. So it's just kind of like, yeah, it sucks to root for losses, but there's two games left in the season and you're fighting for the number one overall pick, possibly. Sorry. 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 I know people, oh, you're rooting for losses. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Cry me a damn river. Sorry. You have three wins. If you want a positive, this is it. This is how you get better. I said this to you, bozos, five weeks ago, and y'all wanted to cry and bitch and moan at me. 
Now you're here. Now you have the one overall pick, possibly. You could possibly pick 1-1. One, one. Do you know how good that is for your team when you have the quarterback already? I just want you to process that. So, anyway, I digress. I do think they lose anyway because the Lions now in a bounce-back spot at home, still fighting for a playoff oh, no, spot. Oh, the Lions in a bounce-back spot. Everybody listen, be afraid. Listen, this is a bounce-back spot. We clown, we clown Motor City Dan a lot. And, yeah, he's a meathead. You know, kind Don of Burr. Like, he, he's not the best coach in the NFL. But if there's okay. one thing that MCDC does well, he gets the team motivated. And and they're actually MCDC? playing for something like this. MCDC. Yeah, I, I, I love calling him Motor City Dan Campbell, baby. I love calling him that. Um, anyway, give me sidetracked. But if there's one thing MCDC is going to do, he's be like, hey, we're still in the playoff picture. We're still in Kevin Lapka's famous in the hunt graphic. We win this game. Bounce back. Let's show them that last week is not us. And we're at home. Let's give the fans something to cheer for. That's his bread and butter, baby. Biting kneecaps, drowning in the ocean, all that fucking coffee. This is his. This is his bread and butter. This is Dan Campbell's. Like fuck. Like this is his. This is his ninth symphony, baby. This is like he's. He he probably hasn't slept in days. MCDC is going to be coming out. Hot oh, he definitely hasn't game. slept in days. He definitely hasn't slept in yeah. days. Uh, but you know, Matt Eberflus is the same. He's not the same way. <laughs> the way Mr. he Bozo speaks, and, and, and you know, doesn't have the same antics and and all that. But he gets his team ready to play. Like, t- tell me that the Bears haven't played hard in the last two games they played against two really good teams, two of the top teams in the NFL. They didn't win those games, but they sure as hell didn't lay up and die. Like. They played those games hard. And to be frank with you, I expect them to play hard again. Now, you're lucky that Luke Getzey's on your side. Apparently, Luke Getzey's the one driving yes. the tank. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> that has never – that some of the most cowardly play calling oh I have God. ever seen in my life it's, the last two weeks. Make run, it less run, obvious. Run, 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 short oh. pass, punt. I like, it's, it's, like, it's kind of funny. It's kind of you know. At what point I tweeted, you know, they had they had like twelve men in the huddle. I'm like, that never. You never have twelve men in the huddle. Like you're just purposely getting flags out here. You're going that far. But Shannon makes a good point. Like again, you know, this is a Lions team that just lost to the Carolina Panthers. The Chicago Bears, with all their injuries, in my opinion, are probably still a better team than the Carolina Panthers. If when Justin Fields is healthy, like I just solely because of Justin Fields, and you know. This is a, a Bears team that, yeah, you know, they had a couple more guys last time they played. Should have beat the Lions last time they played. I mean, they, yeah. they lost because of a missed Carroll uh, point and, extra and point. Again, Miss Carol, I, Carol I'm going to be actively rooting for a loss here, but I still hope it's the stupidest way possible. The last couple weeks, you know, last week against the Bills wasn't really a stupid loss. You kind of just got outplayed. Same thing like the Eagles, they just pulled away from you. But, like, before that, you were winning. You were losing games in just the stupidest way possible. Give me more of that. Give me, give me more dumb ways to lose. Show me new ones, actually. Yeah, you you love those. That's your that, you you. It's you great. So it's ones. ideal situation. You don't lose yeah, because is. of Justin Fields or the offense fucking up. You lose because of stupid shit like the kicker missing a PAT or some guy, you know, in the first catch of his life, Simba Webster just dropping the ball or a tip pass by Dave Montgomery going for an interception at the end of the game. Yes, these are stupid ways to lose, and I will continue to root for it. I hope that there's a you know a game-winning oh field goal and Cairo Santos kicking it and it doinks off a defensive lineman's head and they catch it and run it back. I want a circus. I want the dumbest possible ways to lose. I want Justin Fields to throw a perfect Hail Mary and I want it to get wedged in you know Dante Pettis's face mask and somebody just takes it out of his face mask from the Lions and intercepts it and takes it down the game. Like, I want the dumbest ways to lose. Show me something new. Show, so, show me something I've never seen before in my life that just makes me laugh. That's it. That's it. Wow. I was literally going to ask you, what are the craziest possible things you can imagine for, for them to, to, to blow it? And that you came up with some creative ones. The football getting stuck in the face mask is that that's an interesting one. And, and look, and if, again, if I'm being honest, I think it's going to have to come down to that. Like, I don't think the lions are going to boat race you with this game. I, you know, no, you should be I, able I to keep it close. It, you're going to keep it close. And you know, the ball bounces weird ways. Justin Fields is a magician. 
there's a total chance that they win this game. Like there is a total chance that that happens. I'm not going to make my prediction yet of whether I think they do win the game, but you know, again, these, yes. Is Luke Getzey driving the tank? A hundred percent. Are these players on top of the tank dancing? No, they are not. Like these guys are going to bust their ass. And you've seen that the past two weeks, they have gone out there and tried to beat both of those teams. Now I'll be honest, like, a win against both those teams is, you know, a little bit more significant. You'd be a little bit more content about it, although it did affect the draft position. You'd be like, hey, we just beat one of the top two teams in football. Like, that's a good thing to take away as far as, uh, you know, what you can look at 2023. And it's something that you could definitely look back at. But when it's beating the, the Detroit Lions, you know, okay, now you lost draft position and you, you beat the Detroit Lions team that you can beat with whoever's playing quarterback, Chase Daniel, Mitch, it doesn't matter, right? You, so they could I, put you back there. At, at that point, you're probably right. So I look, I'm with you, but I would just caution Bears fans that there's a chance that they win this game and everyone's there pissed. Is. And and I don't like I'm not, you know, early on in the season, right? I was like, oh, I, they need to win because I don't think that they'll buy into hits if they don't. Uh, that's far beyond that now. Like, I think they're bought in regardless. Oh, I, I, gee. Oh, oh, if don't only, you, don't you make, if oh, don't only you do this. there was somebody, <laughs> if, if only. God help you. If only there was somebody, anybody that could have told you that that's what was going to happen, Kevin. If only there was someone tall, dark, bearded, and handsome that could have told you that that was going to be the case. If only there was someone extremely smart and cool with tattoos that could have said, hey, Kevin, that's dumb. Hey, Kevin, that's pigeon shit, man. If only there was someone. If only there was someone you to do this? You that the players <laughs> would be fine. You want to do this? All right, let's do this. If only there was someone who told you Justin Fields was a star quarterback and I they shouldn't take a quarterback in the so first round. Early. I walked I, that yeah, back. Yeah, but you said it. So you said soon. it and you can't take it back. It came out of your mouth. I was right for the first five weeks of the oh, season. Yeah. Oh, please. That did, that did, no, that doesn't count. Until you were not after right. the Commanders no, game, I was no. right. You can't just, you can't just use since, hindsight yes. to your advantage. And because no. I'm a grown-up who is an adult, I will admit that. I was wrong about that. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, okay. And and maybe I was wrong too, but your, yours was more egregious than mine. Okay? That, yeah, probably. Yeah. No, okay. Uh, we'll do this again real quick. There were legitimate question marks about Justin Fields. No, there were not. No, there were not. Kevin, after the Commanders game. Nope. There were, we, there were concerns. There no. were concerns. Now, do we all look foolish for that? Yes, of course. And we have been happily proved wrong. But you did admit it. There, there were, we were after that commanders game, it was getting dicey. It was getting dicey. But fine. I admit I'm glad, at least you admitted you were wrong and now you're all in. That's all I that's all I care well, yeah, about. Yeah, how could you not? Where were we even going with this conversation? Again, I think like, you know, Matt Eberflus, I think this is where we're at. Matt Eberflus was talking about, hey, we still remember. matter and all I that. I don't remember how we got here. It, it was, it was, I was, it was, you know, Maddie Reflus on the pod or not on the podcast, uh, on the press conference was like, Hey, you know, we're going to fight these wins. Matt, it, 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 at this point, it's, it, it pretty much doesn't matter. Um, I'm not, you know, I, I think we know what this team is capable of and is going to be capable of in 2023, regardless of how these last two games play out. I'm not going to learn anything more, you know, like, I think I know what I know. I think everyone knows what they know. I think the coaches know what they know uh, as far as what's going to be carried in 2023. We know Justin Fields can be a winner regardless of whether he wins, you know, all, all these different things. So, uh, you know, th- that's not significant to me. Let's do some bullet predictions, some game predictions before we get the heck out of here. Connor O'Donnell in the chat. They moved the ball plenty in the commander's game. Just kept missing in the red zone with incorrect play calls. See, Jake, you look, we knew, we knew it was never his fault. We're not doing this again, but I'll, I, I will never let you live that down. Kellen and I will never let you live that down because I sat because it's well, we were right and I was right. And I, I, I'm going to go back and listen to the, the episode we did Please the don't. day Justin Fields was drafted and I'm going to pull out all the effing receipts. Okay. Because I called it from the start. And yes, I went to Ohio State and I had a yeah. little bit of uh, <laughs> I had the luxury of knowing what kind of player he was and, you know, maybe a little. Bias, but that's beyond the point. Bro predictions. Give me something spicy. All right. This is going to be my prediction. I think Justin Fields is going to have a good game. I think it's over 200 passing yards uh, through the air, obviously, because I said passing yards. I think he does have one of his signature runs. And I think that he's going to have one of those, you know, breakaway 50 plus yard runs after having a really bad game on the ground last week against the Bills. 
And I think the Bears are going to have some offense here, despite the injuries, despite guys being out. I think Cole Komet gets fat early and often because that's his guy. Obviously, he's one of the only ones remaining. Um, I think just Fields has a, a very productive game against the Lions. I think he gets up for this game indoors, ideal connect uh, connections, ideal conditions, and I think it's going to be a good bounce back for Justin Fields. I will say, though, I'm, I'm just going to kind of go back. I think they find a stupid way to lose the game. I think Justin Fields does his best. I think Luke Getze does the best to play call for a loss. But I think – is it only 120 that he needs to break the record? Is that true? No. Is that what it's uh, at? There's no way. No, 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 no. I think he's – I think Charlotte J is just predicting how many yards he's going to rush oh, for. Oh, well, predicting 100. Yeah, because he's like – he's still like 200 away or something because he only had like 11 last week. Yeah. Um. So don't think he's going to break the record this week. I think he does make a super a, – a solid effort though. I think I think next week we're going to be watching against the Vikings and be like, all right, he has a chance. And like we're all going to be tuned in. Like can he break the record? Um, but I think he makes a solid effort and solid push towards that this week. I think it's 200 through the air, at least 100 on the on the ground. I think he has a long one for a touchdown, some classic Justin Fields magic. But I think they find a stupid way to lose the game, whether that's a ball you know, deflected <laughs> off the helmet in the end zone, whether that's Cairo Santos just drilling it into the ground, something Cairo Santos falls down Charlie Brown style when he's kicking the ball, something stupid. I think the Bears lose a very close game, but I think Justin Fields has us talking all really positively on Monday. Is that that yeah. bold? Uh, I don't feel like it's not that bold anymore. It's not bold, but that's fine. We'll give it to you. I'll you say, know, you know I'll say, Cole Komet over 100 just, yards receiving. He had 74 last game. He would be the first time having 100 in his career, so that would be very bold. But yes, yeah, 74 yards receiving, two touchdowns the last game against the, the Lions when he went absolutely ballistic. They had the 50-yard touchdown. Uh, and he had that other short touchdown from uh, from Fields. And considering the last the lack of weapons this time around, right? Without Mooney, without Claypool. Well, Claypool might play. It was limited today. Dylan Gabriel um, cash. Let's go. Woo! Who scored? No, Dylan Gabriel. That passing oh, total. Oh, a boy. Big money, Jake Hassan. There you Woo! go. Uh, good job. But yeah, I like the Kokomat prop. Here's something that's interesting to me. We haven't even brought up at all. I I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears take an approach where. Khalil Herbert is like the solidified number one in this game. And he's like, I would 70, not be surprised 30. at all. He's like 70 30. Because, hey, if you're, if, if they really are not going to re sign Dave Montgomery and they don't want to pay money to any of the stacked free agent running back class, then this is your time to kind of experiment. Well, can Khalil Herbert be your number one? Right. That's been the question. Can he be the number one? This is your time to find out. These last two games against two bad defenses, well, he has a chance to shine. They might just say, hey, you know, Thanks for your time, Dave Montgomery. We're going to give Herbert a legitimate shot as a number one in this game and, and see what he can do. You know, I don't know if that'll happen, but it'd be interesting. I, I think Khalil Herbert scores a touchdown and runs for 70-plus yards as he returns from IR. You know, he's nice and healthy. You're back in the Dome, one of the worst rush defenses in the NFL. I think they do just that. I'll go Khalil Herbert, 70-plus yards, and a touchdown. Big day for him, and I think he breaks off a big run. Um, it's so hard for me to just predict Justin Fields to get another big run, right? Just because it's happened so right. many times. But again, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if it happens. Defensively, you know, no Jalen Johnson. Uh, I expect Kyler Gore and Jaquan Brisker to keep making plays, but I'm out of ideas defensively, man. I, I, and I will say last week, yeah. the linebackers played really well against the Buffalo Bills. Matt Adams was flying across the field. Uh, it, it was Nicholas Marl made a couple of nice plays. It was not. Well, the I mean, we're, you're, you're, burying the, you're burying the lead here. I mean, like, it, Kyler Gordon continued when he's when he's not been injured the last four or five weeks yeah. has been playing awesome. He's been playing yep. really really well. Yeah, absolutely. And and this is look, people made a big deal out of it when it at the beginning of the year, always a bust and all that. This is typically the route that cornerbacks take coming out of the draft. It's a it's a weird position. You know, they struggle. They, they learn the speed of the game. The speed is totally different, especially when you're a man, you know, slot corner going one-on-one -on -one against some of the best players in the league. It's going to be hard to figure out, you know, what your role is uh, and figure out the speed of NFL offenses and NFL receivers and the route running techniques that are just so, uh, so precise. So, yeah, like, obviously it makes sense that now he's kind of coming into his own. And, hey, you know what it is? It's a testament to Matt Eberflus and the defensive coaching staff because it hasn't just been Kyle Gordon. You've seen guys like Josh Blackwell come in there and be just fine. Have they been great? No, but have they been just fine? Yeah. Like that's a testament to this coaching staff getting the whole roster ready to play because we've seen guys come in before and just get absolutely burnt. They're burnt toast. We haven't seen that from a lot of the third stringers that have come in, uh, whether it is Josh Blackwell, 
um, or, you know, Tanja Houston Carson, who's been around for a while, you know, and, and guys like that. But Jackson, that's uh, where I'm at. A T3B podcast, Monty's the hits principal. Yeah, he is. But it's just, I, I love Monty. I do. I don't think they're going to be willing to pay him, what was it, five, six million dollars a year. I, I don't know what he's going to be asking for in this yeah. market, but uh, I, I don't think they. Especially when Cleo Herbert has played well when when he's been on the field. Now, do you have issue, you know, concerns about his availability? Possibly, but I mean, you have those same concerns with Montgomery. Like he's he's had the same issues, uh, you know, staying on the field. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it like you said, it hasn't been burnt toast like we thought. It's been a little bit better. So hey, I mean, maybe, maybe you're finding guys that you can carry over into next year when you then pay a bunch of guys to take their spots. <laughs> exactly. All right, All right game uh, predictions. Do fi- yeah, final score predictions. Come on, pitting out. That's not good. Um, anyway, you want to go? All right. Uh, I, Lions I, are favored by six. It's in Detroit. I do six? think the Bears cover this. It was. Uh, I haven't looked at it recently, but I think the Bears keep it close. I'm going to selfishly and try to manifest a Bears lost. I'm going to say that the Bears lose this game 34 31. Okay. Um, I'll tell you how the bears foolishly lose this one. So, I think they lose <laughs> I think yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they lose 27 to 26 and what happens is they it's 27 to 20. The bears score a touchdown on the final drive. They end up going for two to try to win the game because why not? And they don't get the two-point conversion. They lose 27-26. They lose by one because they missed two-point conversion uh, at the end of the game, which would be up there I think that'll be up there in ways to to foolishly lose. Uh, you know, you, you, yeah, you get That's in there. Luke, Luke Getzey's like, uh, guys, you know, just just run into the defense. Like, just don't get over, <laughs> don't get over. All right, just just do something stupid, right? Like Luke Getzey, there he is driving the tank on the final play. Uh, yeah, hey, uh, Kari Blossome run up the middle. <laughs> that goes game, nowhere. Yeah, 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 exactly right. A fullback dive. Uh, so that's how I'm going with 27 26 Lions, Bears lose on a missed two point conversion at the end of the game, uh, trying right. to go and win it. So that's where I'm at. But uh, hopefully it'll be at least an entertaining game right back in the yeah. turf, uh, back in the dome. Justin seems to, uh, you know, sometimes look like a better player in those environments. So uh, should be entertaining, at least for Bears fans who are dreading watching the Bears on New Year's Day. That, that is uh, true, unfortunately. But regardless, that does it for us. Cashed out, love that. Um, or paid out, whatever. That does it for this edition of Bears Nation Podcast. Shout out to the comments today. You guys were on fire. I know a lot of yeah, you shout came out over the mob. from yeah, I know a lot of you came over from the mob. A lot of you came over from 670. We appreciate that. You guys are the best. I also kind of work, uh, kind of, I do that QL stuff. But, yeah, you uh, work in the same building. Same adjacent. Office, same adjacent. Floor. I work yeah, six, yeah. 670 adjacent. Yeah. Um, but for myself, for Kevin, appreciate you guys. Appreciate all the guys in the comments that came through. We hope you come back next time as well. Hope you listen. Hope you enjoyed everything. We appreciate you guys. We enjoy having you guys around. We appreciate you guys tuning in. And we will see you next time. Catch. Kevin doing graphic stuff, doing awesome visual stuff for the mob for 670 for everyone there. Catch me if you want. You don't have to. I don't really care. <laughs> doing Beck You All Daily with Joe Ostrowski. Doing You Better You Bet with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley. But elsewhere, you can find myself on Twitter at Jake underscore Haas2. I know a couple of you followed me already. I will follow you back. Uh, find Kevin at KevCharles112. For myself, for Kevin, this has been Bears Nation Podcast. We will see you on Monday for the recap episode of Bears and Lions. Until then, everyone, bear down.